and welcome to MMA Wreckage's 13th episode. I think it's our 13th episode of I Don't Know. Fucking sue me. Anyways, on today's episode, we have Walid. Ah, oh, fuck your last name. <laughs> Kandusi, Walid Kandusi. Kandusi. Walid Kandusi. I'm sorry, guys. But Walid is going to uh, break down this last weekend's ESPN Plus card with us. And then later on in the show, we're going to have Bob Buskey come on, and he's going to talk about his Cage Wars 40 super heavyweight title fight. And then after that, Ben and I are going to talk about the upcoming UFC card, UFC 234, coming straight from Melbourne, Australia. I can't wait. Robert Whitaker is going to be taking on Calvin Gasolin. I hate the, to bust uh, it, buddy, but we're actually going to have Bob Buskey after we talk about the upcoming card. Well, schedule change. Fuck a little it. bit. Don't worry about it. We'll get it all perfected for you guys, and um, you know maybe we'll get Randall on the right meds here as we go. Thirteen <laughs> episodes in though, and they haven't come with the giant fucking net for him. So I think we're doing good so far. But guys, I, our guest today, starting us off, he's been with me for the since the beginning of my podcasting journey, uh, my mixed martial arts podcasting journey. Excuse me. Uh, it started a year ago today on a different show. Um, I busted ass, I, and this guy's been with me since the beginning of that show and this one. He's the most dedicated fan that I've ever seen. And on top of that, he's a great fucking dude. So, Waleed, man, really, thank you. It's 4 a.m. where you're at right now. You woke up especially for us to do this. So thank you for that, man. Before we get into this, thank how have you been man. since thank we've you. spoke last? It's been a while. So... I watch a lot of UFC things <laughs> in the last week we spoke, and uh, yeah, I'm just keep uh, keep on studying and uh, trying to do my best. You know, it's hard, but uh, yeah, so whatever. Before we really get into uh, talking about this uh, ESPN Plus card, I wanted to get some of your picks. Uh, could we get into this a little later into the show? I wanted to get your picks yeah. on the uh, the title fights this weekend from Melbourne. Who do you see, or uh, the title fight, excuse me, and I wanted to get your... And the uh, co-main. The co-main, yeah, uh, Israel Adesanya versus Anderson Silva. I wanted to grab your opinion on that real quick. Uh, you want to start uh, to talk about it now, or uh, on the yeah. end of the show? We'll just get no, your opinion yeah. real quick. Okay, so about uh, the main event, we take her uh, versus Gastelum. I believe uh, he's going to defend his title. He, he's too he's too strong he's too strong Robert Whittaker is too strong but yet again he's, he's back from an injury so we don't really know how he is right now but I believe he's gonna win and Kelvin said I, that he's not that impressed with him and he uh, predicted a first round knockout what is your your response to that statement I believe this is uh, like Habib said this is number one bullshit I believe Robert Whittaker is the toughest man in this division because Let's face it, he's the only guy that defeated Jacare and Laura Romero. The two most serious persons on the earth. On the earth, not in the UFC, on earth. You don't want to meet Jacare Souza uh, on the streets or Laura Romero. Those are scary motherfuckers. And he, he defeated him. He defeated Romero twice and defeated Jacare Souza. He had the best takedown defense, I believe, in, this, in the game. He's perfect. He's an amazing striker. How can you disrespect him? And no, Kelvin, Kelvin, what is Kelvin's biggest accomplishment? Beating Bisping in his last 
UFC fight, which was really fucked up. Bisping didn't have to go fight the Kelvin at the first uh, first place. So I don't know. He has uh, 84% takedown defense. Just to give you the percentage on that, Walid, uh, Robert Whitaker's takedown defense is 84%. So, yeah, he does have some top-notch yeah. takedown defense. When you have 84% and you know that you face two-time an Olympic, an, an, a guy in Olympic level, and you face uh, Jacare Souza, we don't even uh, have to talk about Jacare Souza. His grappling game is uh, at the highest level, so he was a motherfucker. That's all I have to say about uh, Robert Whittaker. And as far as the co-main event, do you have a, a picker prediction for that? The co-main event, man, it's uh, it's a weird fight. I don't know what to say about it. You know, you want to say that Israel is going to win? But yet again, it's Anderson Silva, so you don't... Yes, anything can happen. Oh, yeah, I mean, look at this, the first Chael Sonnen fight. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I hope this time he's going to be clean. He's not going to be tested positive, Anderson Silva, because ha he had this problem. He's always tested positive. It's not the, the, the first time that he's going to be <laughs> tested positive. He's gonna, not going to be the last Him time. Him and Diaz both tested positive. positive, I believe, for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. They both tested positive for, for weed, I believe. So it's not yes. the same thing, but, you See, know. Here's the thing, too, is like UFC, from the, the fighters that I've talked to about the whole USADA thing, and my... From what I've gathered in, in those conversations has been, you, the UFC will send you out emails like, all right, you know, like, you know, this is kind of what the state's regulations are, okay? Yeah. So, don't do this, or do this much of this, and this is when you should quit smoking your weed if you smoke it, and fucking like, in, in between fights, dude, if you're not, and you can have fucking heroin in your system, as long as there's not any, you know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't test for it. Yeah, as long as there's no yeah. steroids, you can have you can fucking test positive for whatever. As long as there's no steroids, nothing yes. on that banned Chael substance Sonnen list. Chael Sonnen spoke about that in his podcast. He said that uh, there's many ways to escape uh, the USADA system. Like you go in a desert island for like two weeks and you shoot fucking needles in your ass uh, with steroids and everything, you know, and. Uh, with the technology, we know that those things can stay in the body like for 48 hours, but their effect lasts even longer, so it's weird, it's weird. This program shit about John Jones, I don't believe it. I think he's a fucking cheater, and he's a disgrace. Like, they are talking about programs like it's a, it's a, it's a word that we're not supposed to understand. Like, it doesn't make sense. If it's, it's a half picogram, but we know that it doesn't, it, it not affect the body. The yeah, fact exactly. that they are justifying it, like, he uh, has only a salt in a, in a swimming pool, and I don't know what, what the fuck they are talking about. It's a disgrace. This fucking cheater, that's it. I just wanted to talk about Jones because for me he's a fucking che he's the best in the world. Yes, but he's a fucking cheater. See, you your opinion with John Jones is like me with Brock Lesnar. Like, yeah, <laughs> what a fucking like, how I feel about Amanda Nunes. No, like no, Amanda Nunes is is actually has talent. Brock Lesnar yeah, is a spineless a pussy fuck fart. Out of me. No. Oh, bro, Brock's got talent. He's a fucking world class wrestler. All right, so go get you fuck him. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll give him his wrestling credit, you know what I mean? But go go back to WWE and get, you know, p 
pull your punches, you fucking clam. Hey, beat out, hey yeah, you were a Shane Carwin fan, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. You can't beat Frank Mir if you're full of shit. You know. Thank you. Yeah, you I can't thought... defeat Frank Mir if you're full of shit. He's an amazing. If Brock Lesnar didn't go to the WWE, if Frank Mir was in porn and somebody money shot hey, it, that no. fucking load hit Wally. him, would knock him out. Wally, do you know what it is? You know what it yeah. is? Is Ben here is a Carwin fan? Yeah, he was a big maybe. old Shane Carwin yeah. fan, bro, and Shane Carwin got beat by Brock, and he's still sour about it. No, I really did. My issue, you want to know where my issue with Brock Lesnar stems? At the point yeah. where, like, he transitioned into UFC, I was in the professional wrestling phase of my life. And then when well, they brought him back from that... Heart. No, when they brought him back from that, it was the way that the UFC or the WWE had played him out to be this big nasty monster, and like the last memory I had of Brock Lesnar as an athlete at that point, before they brought him back, was him running away from Cain Velasquez, tripping over his own feet, blatting like a bitch. I'm like, all right, so this, yeah. like, no, you can't, you can't put that play on yeah, him now. We minute. all saw wait a minute, that. Wait a minute. It was Cain. Velasquez, you know, yeah. you can't do that to anybody in the world, you know. He's made, he 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 made Santos look he like that. He lost to Kane Velasquez and he lost to Alistair Overeem, so doesn't make, that is me, that you know, Santos is another one that I fucking hate. He beat Randy Couture and yeah. Frank Mir. Oh, oh. And Shane Carwin. I don't care. Oh, He's man. a fucking bitch. You can he, sit he, here, you can read his whole resume, I don't care, go through his life history. <laughs> I'm, I'm he not He beat Goldberg. I think. Goldberg beat him. Thank you. I could ask Fox my son. Man. That motherfucker would tell me. But th- you know what I mean? That doesn't yeah. even count towards anything because it's all staged. Goldberg's like 400. He couldn't find you. Know, like, we need to make this like 47. Hey, we're getting so off topic. Because I can. So anyway. No, you're going to let me finish. You got me going here. <laughs> all right? Here's the deal. Once you get me on a roll, you can't get me to stop. Good. You gotta let okay. me finish. Somebody my... get this man his vitamins and have him is, say his prayers. All the WWE, is it about all the WWE guys that goes to the UFC? Or it just no, you know what? I'm actually really impressed with uh, Jake Hager and his Bellator debut. That was impressive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know what I definitely. mean? Like, and I was impressed. Like I, like I said, I was not. And I didn't but have they an gave him wrong. a fucking stack of potatoes. Yeah, they gave him. Yeah, and like I'm not gonna take anything away from what Brock did before. Power. I'm just saying I don't like him. He's a pussy fart, and I, 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 we'll we'll leave it at that. He got big old pocket. He's a bitch. He beat no, Mark. No, he's a bully, not a bitch. There's a difference between a bully okay. and a bitch. You want to talk about the Mark Hunt fight? I could win if I took a midget and held it at arm's length and kicked it. Well, you know I what I mean. Know, like it's that's the yeah, but no one's gonna buy that paper. He's a heavy midget. You know, he's going down easily. You know, he's smart hunt. But he don't have a takedown defense. We all know that. But yeah, yeah, he didn't get knocked out. He didn't get knocked down against Mark Hunt. You know. I mean, who hates him? I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Let me have him. this one thing. That's all I want is one thing. Can I have it, please? You can even split it up for the eight nights of Hanukkah. I'll take you know a little bit of each. We'll figure it out. Moving on. My my my, my dream freak fight is Francis Ngannou against Brock Lesnar. For me, this is the best weird fights that we can see. A hundred million, a uh, hundred million people view guys. I would like to see that, but just like Brock Lesnar in his it. prime. We all want to see it. Brock Lesnar in his prime, though. Yeah. 
uh, you know. I'm excited for this Derek Lou or for this uh, Kane Velasquez Francis and Gardner fight. Yeah. Phoenix. Didn't Derek Lewis, Lewis get signed for? He's got Dos Santos. Uh, Dos Derek going. Lewis is going to yes, in yeah. I believe Nashville. I think so. Let me get to that. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, Wichita. That is in Wichita. I'm You're right. Know. Yeah, that's March 9th yeah. in Wichita, guys. Just over a month away. <clears throat> and that's going to be a fucking crazy fight, man. So definitely. It, Waleed, what 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 fights are you excited for that are coming up? The fight that I'm really excited about coming up. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, I'm very excited about the Robert Whittaker fighting uh, Kevin Gastelum. I'm yes. really excited about that. Kane versus Francis, of course, because we all want to know how Kane is right now. If he's gonna be back, if he's that's the great thing about this fight. If Kane is not ready, he's gonna get his uh, ass kicked like uh, in uh, 30 milliseconds. That's the great thing about this fight. But yet again, it's a weird fight. But if Kane's back, what does that do for the heavyweight division? Uh, if we get a uh, Kane, if DC want to move, if they want to move back to light heavyweight, then uh, he's gonna go and win the title and face maybe Stipe and. Uh, but I don't know. Is the is is this the last year of DC? I believe so. He He's said already that. said it. No. He said March. Now I don't know. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But I for sure think that this is going to be the last year we see him. Yeah. Now he's on the Twitter wall with the Stipe Miocic. Well, well, yeah, they've been going back and forth for a minute now. Yeah, Stipe said talk. that when were fighting Lewis, I was uh, fighting the fire when uh, I was saving people and to uh, is it. Uh, I want to see the rematch. No, for sure. I was at 226, and yeah. I feel like before the eye poke, Stipe Miocic was really controlling that fight. Yeah. And then once the eye poke happened, I feel like that's when DC was able to find his opening and land that shot. Yeah. Well, where does Cain Velasquez, because as of right now, I'm looking at these rankings, and uh, maybe I need to update my tabs here, but he's not in these heavyweight rankings. As of right now... So he beats, let's say he goes in there and he takes care of uh, number three ranked Francis Ngannou. What is next for him at that point? Do you give him Stipe and maybe throw that? Stipe Miocic. Exactly. Yeah, That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Either that. You, you, either, you give Stipe for, like, the number one contender shot, yeah. and then you set up DC and John Jones. See, by this time, though, that... All this unfolds, and you know we see how this is going to play out, and they're ready to sign Kane for his next fight. I think we're going to see Kane versus Stipe, but that's going to be to fill in a, an empty, vacant title spot because I think DC is going to retire. He's going to take one fight. Yeah. I think it's probably going to end up being Junior Dos Santos. I'm going to bet against him. Probably make some ridiculous fight bet. Get my ass beat again by some amateur fighter again. Uh, I, he's probably going to go in there and take care of Derek Lewis, and, and uh, we'll see Dos Santos versus Cormier. If, if DC retires, let's make uh, John Jones against uh, Kane, I believe. That's the fight to make. Like, John Jones already cleared all the division. He had no challenges. If he beats Smith, who's going to face? Well, there's some uh, new one, you know, coming into the Yeah, you've got Dominic Reyes coming up. 
uh, guys like Ozdemir and Corey Anderson uh, that I'd like to see. Okay, uh, well, what yeah. about a guy from like this weekend? You give Johnny Walker a couple more fights. Oh yeah, he's all Johnny Walker. Man. Tiago Santos. Uh, he's got uh, Jan Bohovic, I think, coming yeah, up soon. Yeah, what about Tiago Santos? Yeah, you never know yeah. how this division could play out. There's a lot of new blood here, and like. You know, I think John Jones can make himself comfortable again at 205, and I think that's where we're going to see him. How play. do you think Lionheart Smith's going to do with Jones? Maybe. I don't know. John Jones is a tough motherfucker. I think I he needs to go in there and about Woodley and Usman. Oh, yeah, Woodley and Usman. Woodley and Usman. Oh, yeah, oh, Woodley and Usman. I believe Woodley. I, I, I know that Woodley I believe Woodley. He's a great, he's a great fighter. People uh, underappreciate uh, what he's done to the division, and uh, people think it's easy to fight Damian Maya and then and fight uh, Wonder Boy. People think it's easy. He fought two specialists and he defeated them both. Uh, he's great. I believe. I believe Kamar is not ready yet. I I, I wanted to see Kobe versus uh, Tyron. Marty. His name is Marty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his name is Mark. <laughs> Let's talk about Ben Askren uh, with uh, students uh, wearing suits, but he's wearing the flip flops. Oh, bro. Okay, so if you listen to the press conference, I was the guy who was like, hey, nice sandals. <laughs> I couldn't help it. Like, when I seen the sandals, like, the fan in me popped in, like, what the fuck? Yeah, we have nice shoes. I don't know. We don't way to make your personality known than like, you know, he's obviously a guy that like I don't give a fuck. They even nice sandals. They were cheap, like dollar store shoes. So he's crazy. Yeah, and that's what he wants everybody to know. That's what he wants everybody to know that yeah, I'm a professional, but like I'm also a fucking lunatic. And he and Kamara Usman got into it in the back. And did you see the video? He just kind of stood yeah. there and he was like, hey, Yeah, yeah, I saw it. I saw it. He's yeah. like, Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> I, I believe uh, Kamara can't uh, take a joke then yet again. Uh, his, nickname, his nickname is the Nigerian ni- Nightmare, so he doesn't have to get jokes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> He's here for five to fight, and uh, that's it. He doesn't give a shit. Well, what he said is when he seen Askren, he wanted him to keep the same energy that he kept on the internet. And he yeah. wanted to see if he would do that. So when he approached him, he realized that he wasn't going to keep that same energy and that he already kind of won a personal battle against him. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. But Ben really spoke a lot of shit on Twitter. Ben Askren and uh, yes, if, no, if and the press conference. If he loses against Robert I believe uh, this can really hurt his career. Oh, he's How fucked. do you see that fight playing yeah, out? He's gotta beat Lawler. Yeah, he's he's gotta he's beat Lawler. I like what you yeah. said. He's like, can you just picture Dana, a seventy-five-year-old Dana, sitting on his porch, just sipping whiskey? <laughs> I remember when I brought that guy and got him beat you up three know, times. Do you drink? <laughs> Yeah, let's figure, let's just imagine Kobe Covington, like the night when if they're not going to dude. What a fucking tool. He's going like. to make He's such a tool. for hours about how Ben Askren sucks if you lose. Hours, going to speak hours and hours. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If there is one person in the uh, MMA who, like, is just... He's such a piece of shit as a person, like, and he thinks it's making people like him. Like, people are yeah. ignoring him on purpose 
now at this point. Colby? Colby, yeah, yeah. People are starting to ignore yeah. him on purpose. They're like, we're just not going to feed into him because, like, why give this he, this waste of space any any attention? He doesn't deserve it. Like, did you my see thing is, put now? So cringy, I love it. He's so my cringy, thing I is, he's all fucking about. He wanted to be a fighting champion, and first yeah. off, you were an interim champion, bitch. You weren't even yeah. the real champion. So when as the interim champion. You need to be ready when the champion is ready and coming to ready to finish the title. Yeah, Tyrone Woodley was ready. You had your fucking shot, and you said, "Oh, I." He was take fucking ready. Yeah, he had to get like fucking surgery, nasal surgery, or some shit like that. Post that shit, dude. Obviously, the nasal fucking problem has been an issue throughout your career. Yeah. He said it was an issue during the RDA fight. He said it was an issue during the RDA fight. Another six months wasn't gonna make a difference. You've been fighting with it your whole career. Get the fuck out of here. You can't make a title fight. Yeah. You're right, you're right. I, I, I don't. You're the interim champion. You're not the champion. You do not dictate the rules. And he doesn't want to, I, It comes down to him not wanting to fight Woodley. Uh, the, 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 nowadays, uh, MMA fighters talk too much and uh, fight, uh, doesn't fight uh, a lot, I believe. When, when I see, like, um, fucking Musashi, how many fights he had, it's amazing. Like, he had 52 wins, I believe, or some shit like that. Gregor Musashi, it's crazy. See, it doesn't make sense. We need guys because with attitudes like Cowboy yeah. and Sam Alvey that are like, yeah, I'll fight yeah. six times a year. Fuck it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'll fight yeah, yeah. yeah. And with Connor, all the shit that Connor made, uh, nobody's gonna fight uh, as much as uh, they they used to. Uh, no, again, good. Like when you, when you, I don't know if you want you watch the fight uh, between uh, Chuck Liddell and uh, and Tito. Chuck and uh, I, I, I've brother. seen it, and we actually yeah, talked to John Hackleman too. Like, I don't want to see a Connor or a become like Chuck. You know, he's a waste, man. Chuck, I believe, That's I believe, Ben, I believe you have your chances against Chuck right now. How much you wait, Ben? <laughs> I believe you have your chances against Chuck right now. I'm sorry to disrespect Chuck, but I believe you have your chances against. Chuck. I think anybody has their chance against Chuck. Yeah. I, you know. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's you sad. Fall out of the game so yeah, it's very sad, man. Well, it depends on how really how much you put into it and what you have left to well, give. Well, he's put his whole life into it. I Imagine what he's done for it. Left to yeah. Give. yeah. True. But right. I'm gonna let you guys kind of take the reins here. Uh, we had a really amazing card over the weekend, and. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna let you guys kind of discuss this here. Why don't you start with the uh, one of the more impressive prelims? I believe it was. Uh, shit, let me get my updated tab here. It was the uh, Max Griffin versus Tiago Alves. Oh, uh, the split decision. Yeah, that was some bullshit. I think Max Griffin completely got screwed in that fight. Um, I for sure think he won the fight, and I think he won the fight by at least a majority decision. I don't know about a split decision at all. Um, obviously, these Brazilian judges saw something completely different. Max Griffin has came out and said that he'll never fight in Brazil again. Um, it's just—it's not worth it to him. It's his livelihood, and this is how he feeds his family. So it's not worth it to him to take a loss because the judges want to favor the hometown boy. Yeah, I believe so. I believe nobody. Need, I believe. Uh, Nobody, if you're not Brazilian, don't fight in Brazil. And uh, if you're not Russian, don't fight in Russia. That's all I have to say. Yeah. 
Just finish the fucking fight if you are. Let's leave the Brazilians fight with the Brazilians and the Russians fight with the Russians. Don't don't mess with them, the the judges. If you don't win by knockout, you go, you you're not gonna win. Uh, no, it's definitely. Sad, but yeah, yeah, it's not the first time. It's not the first time we have a problem like that. And that's just unfortunate because it completely messes with someone's career because the trajectory that he would have got if he won the Thiago Falvis fight, yeah. he'd be fighting somebody in that like 15 to 20 range. But now who knows what, I'm hopefully the UFC realizes that it was a win yeah. and they do project him and still give him that fight. But I mean, if they look at it like a loss, he could realistically be taking on somebody like in the 30s. And that's yeah. not where Max Griffin's trying to be. Yeah, yeah, that that that's the weird stuff about uh, the UFC. The the, the 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 show must go on. So if you lose, uh, they can't put you, they can't put you right back in. Only if you step step in in uh, short terms, you know, like two weeks. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. It's a, it's hard pill to swallow when you lose like that. No, definitely, and I think for sure one of the most impressive undercard fights this Saturday was Saeed Nurmagomedov versus uh, Ricardo Ramos. Yeah, it was a sweet first round knockout for Saeed. Yeah, uh, how many how many uh, Russians are we gonna have in the, the the small divisions? Like it's crazy. We have Khabib, we have Zabit, and now we have another Nurmagomedov. Like uh, they are everywhere. Yeah, yes. This is crazy, man. The level that they are gaining in the right now, it's... It's uh, fucking Dagestan, it's, dude. It's they just produce killers. It's yeah, in the water, it's bro. It's scary, man. It's scary. It's yeah, scary. no, definitely. Like, those two... I knew they were going to go at it. Like, when I seen the matchup originally, I was like, fuck, that one's not going to last long. Yeah. And Saeed went out there and just put on the pressure on Ricardo and he could not handle it. Yeah, and uh, and they are bantamweight, you know, like uh, they, they are let's say small guys, but uh, getting them uh, with KO win in the first round, the first round, uh, it's impressive, man. Impressive. They have real lack of power, and uh, no, it's amazing. I'm impressed. No, definitely. Now, as we look up the card a little more, we get to the main card. Now, the first fight of the main card was Livier Souza versus Sarah Font, which Livier Souza won the fight by split decision. <laughs> if you ask me, I feel like Livier Souza definitely won the fight by unanimous decision, but it is what it is. Um, Sarah Font came in the fight, I believe it was seven pounds heavy. So, I mean, Livier Souza was going in there fighting a fucking Bantamweight. And she is already a smaller showweight. Um, yeah. I definitely feel like Livier Souza needs to get a top 15 opponent. Uh, I yeah. feel like with her resume and Evicta, the only person she lost to there really was Angela Hill. I feel like maybe you, you make that matchup one yeah, more time. It was, it, was a very close, it was a very close fight the first time they fought Evicta. Or you give her somebody in that at least top 15. You want to talk about somebody yeah. that's working their way to the top 15, top 20 ranking fight? It's Johnny Walker. I mean, he went out there and made quick work of Justin Ledet. Uh One of the few fights in the card I was able to catch, it was because it was so quick. I mean, he went out there. Yeah, and you didn't have to blink. And, and people uh, have been asking me a lot about the kick. And um, if you look, there's a reason that you can't call that illegal. And one, it's because it didn't land to the head. And it two, it land. didn't land to the spine. 
And yeah, exactly. Where did it go? Nowhere. You know, it it didn't land. So. If it would have landed, he would have been in big trouble. But it didn't land, so I don't know what we're talking about. Like it. It the spinning back fist is what knocked out Justin Ledet, and that's what I want to talk about. He just completely threw a spinning back fist from hell. I mean, the velocity that he had when he whipped that shit around was ridiculous. I mean, yeah. it definitely, he's, he's going to be a star on the rise. I just hope the USC doesn't push him too fast. That's what I'm kind of worried about. He kind of reminds me of a Vulcan Ozumi a little bit. You know who I want to see him fight next? I just don't want to see that same situation happen. I want to see him fight Lil Nog. Yeah, that'd be a good fight. That is the fight right there. You want to test this guy and see if he can hang with the top of the division. We've seen that he can go in there. You know what I think? I think someone like Amisha Serkinov. Give him a wrestler. See what he can do if he's on his back. And Serkinov is at uh, 14 right now? I believe. I believe so. So it's not, not entirely a bad fight. Or what do you like about a Patrick Cummings? Uh, Pat Cummings is a fucking bomb. Then what is uh, I believe wasn't ranked uh, when he fought this uh, this fight. Who was it? I don't I don't know. Where was he ranked? Who? Who? Johnny Walker? Yeah, Johnny Walker. No, no, he's, he's not. not ranked yet. No, not yet. Uh, yeah. He might crack the top 15, but I'm not too entirely sure right now. What does the top to. 15 for light heavyweight look like right uh, now? Nikita Krylov, Misha Serkinov, Shogun Hua, OSP, Glover, and then Jimmy Manoa at number 10. I think he's going to get somebody in that 15 through 20 range next, and then yeah. we'll see where he goes from there. Uh, I definitely think he's an exciting prospect. I think you don't push him too fast. I think you'll definitely fuck everything up if you do that. Uh, I think you give him people slow. I think somebody within that... I mean, give him Patrick motherfucking Cummings. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really think Patrick Cummings, a wrestler. I think a wrestler would be some, a very good situation. Let's see what he can do on his back. And if he can handle a wrestler, I mean, shit. What can he do with that maybe 10 through 15 opponent next? Give him a Shogun. Yeah, and uh, when you see him, he's, he's very tall, you know, and uh, we have a lot Very of tall, lengthy. Yeah. So if he really that high-level guy that like we are right now seeing, he's in, in a couple of years, maybe a fight against John Jones would be great. Definitely. We only have Gustafson in the division that can really match his, uh, his reach. And we don't have another one, so maybe maybe interesting. Let's see what he can make of his career right now. Well, you want to yes. talk about a guy that really deserves a top 15 opponent. How about the winner of the next fight in Charles Dubronx Oliveira? I mean, this. what more does he have to really do to kind well, of... Well, he solidifies his wins. He, what, re-gets the finish uh, record. So, he, he, him and Cowboy just flipping this shit back and forth. So, I mean, like, I mean, Cowboy just got himself put at number nine in the world after that at lightweight. I think Charles Oliveira deserves to be at least in the top 15 after that win. I mean, come on. What more does he have to fucking do? Lightweight's so stacked, though. It's ridiculous. And, I mean... Who do you give him next? Maybe like Trinaldo or Hooker, like you know. 
I don't think we can get Nate Diaz back in there for that, but... Why not give him, uh, you know... Uh, Fucking Gregor uh, Gillespie, that would be a killer fight. Francisco Chinaldo, I think, would be a really good fight. I think they're both Brazilian. You put the fight in Brazil, it sells itself. Yeah. I it think Gregor Gillespie, like you just said, I think that'd be a fucking great fight. Kevin Lee didn't say that he want to fight a guy under him in the ranking. Kevin Lee? Yeah, he said that he want to fight. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't want to fight anyone below him. He's already trying to... Uh, who was no, he said he want to fight someone, uh, somebody below him. Oh, he him. will? Yeah, he said that he want to fight somebody below him in the ranking. Why doesn't he fight Islam Makachev then? Because yeah. Makachev's not ranked. The top 15. Yeah, but fuck, Islam Makachev deserves to be in the top 15. I mean, he can take yeah. out some of these guys easily. I think how he, he could take out Trinaldo. I think for sure, him versus Trinaldo easily. I think Kevin Lee uh, him versus Trinaldo would be interesting. I think he needs to take either a Barboza match or, yeah, a Hernandez match. That would be a rematch with Barboza or, or Hernandez. I, I, like, I like Alex Hernandez versus James Vick. That would be a killer fight. I've been calling for that fight since Alex's last fight. I think that would be the best fight. But we'll see. Also, a guy who just fucking came back from a long losing streak, Damian Maya, got this rear naked choke submission victory in the very first round this week. I like what Mike Barnett posted after this fight. He said, Jiu-Jitsu nerds just stood up a little taller and tied their belts a little tighter. And No, for sure. Like... See, you know, that was another fight, one of the few I caught, that just amazing, you know what I mean? Proud to, yeah. to watch that as a fan. Well, I mean, it just shows how good Danny Amaya really is, and I mean, people want to knock what he's done in his last couple of fights, and he might not have had the best showings against some of the top of the welterweight division, but I mean, look at what he did against Lehman Good. I mean, he made him look amateur out there. Yeah. I believe right now, Danny Amaya, what's next for him? Like for real, he's not gonna fight for the title. His career not gonna last longer, uh, very long. He's old. Let's just enjoy them in my eye, I believe. Let's yes, just definitely. enjoy them in my eye before, because he's one of the last guys that is a pure jujitsu guy, and uh, let's just enjoy him. He's amazing, he's amazing. I say give him Jeff Neal next. Jeff Neal sitting at fourteen. Damien Maya yeah. number eight. That's would make sense. Be a good fight for Jeff Neal if he can go in there and, and win. That puts him in a good spot. Damian Maya can have you, another prospect. Do you think that Jeff Neal's ready for that yet? Why not? He looked great against Bilal uh. Muhammad. And Bilal was top of the line. His coach was an active fighter during their training camp, which was said to be one of the most useful things to Bilal. Anybody else against Bilal that night, it would have been him winning. But Jeff Neal was that good. What about a Leon Edwards? He's, uh... Isn't he scheduled to he's fight? He's fighting. Something? Yeah, he's fighting on that London card. Gunner Nelson. Oh, he is fighting Gunner. That's right. So... Well, that should be an interesting matchup, actually. I mean, Cowboy Oliveira is always an option, too. <laughs> oh, definitely. But... But I, I, I think for sure, like Valid said, I think we just kind of need to enjoy... Damn it, Mike. Well, we have him still here. Well, talk about guys we need to enjoy while they're still here. Let's talk about Jose Aldo. Um, Whoo! This looks like vintage, Jose. He, he, he's back. 
He's back. Oh, man. It's been like I want to see him years. versus Connor. For the past 10 years, he has not been ranked lower than number two in his division. Dude, I mean, Hornetomo and Connor look like he was destined to fight Max Holloway next. And Jose Aldo uh, just threw a monkey wrench into all of that. He, he, uh, I, don't, I don't know, but the problem with now Aldo is not going to fight. He's not going to face uh, Holloway because he lost to him two times in a row. So what's next for him? Maybe a move in the in the lightweight division. Send him up to 155 and make that Connor rematch. I think rematch, yeah, wanna, rematch with Connor. Yeah, Connor, is he going to face uh, Alan Aquina or he's going to face Cowboy or he's going to face Aldo? Everybody wants to uh, face Connor, so who wants to do yeah, but the Aldo Connor storyline makes sense. You know what fight okay? hasn't yeah. been mentioned? It was, it, was one, it was one shot. It was 13 seconds. He you can, uh, you can make the fucking claim that the greatest featherweight champion of all time should yeah. at least get more than 13 seconds. Well, yeah. the fight yeah. that I'd like... Yeah. One of the fights that really hasn't been brought up that I think would be really interesting would be Justin Gaethje versus Conor McGregor. I just don't think Gaethje's big enough of a draw for Conor. But yeah. stylistically, I mean, you think about good. it. Don't don't get out of the fucking great. the mindset of the company, man, for a second. Yeah, but uh, I kind of think realistic. Yeah, I think I think I'm talking to you fan to fan right now. Would that would not be entertaining? Fucking... Yeah. You know what I think an entertaining fight for Connor would be. And it, this sounds outrageous. I think Nick Diaz. Yeah, but uh, Nick is not going to fight Connor. It's his brother battles, you know. It's his brother war, you know. He's not going to take his brother war. He's got to come back to avenge his big little brother's loss. Yeah, it's weird, man. It's weird. It's weird. You beat up my little brother before you put the weapon on you. What did you say to my brother? What did you say to my brother? Right. Stockton what, motherfucker? Stockton what? Yeah, fucking, you know, I'll fucking... Don't talk about my brother. Now, before we get way off track real quick, I want to talk about this main event. And Magic Marlon Marais showed us why he is Magic. He defeated who everyone would say was the consensus number one contender, Rafael Hassanzao by a first-round rear-naked choke. And, I mean, it was just a flawless victory for Marlon Rice, and he's really cemented himself as the next and the number one contender in the Bantamweight division. I mean, if TJ Dillashaw is ready to defend his own title, the only person who should be getting a shot is Marlon Rice. Now, granted, I feel like Henry might have a little bit of a claim to that if he wants to come up to 135. But if you're staying within the division, Marlon Moraes has solidified himself as the next man up. Yeah. I mean, uh, the only other person that you could throw in that mix would be Dominic Cruz if he stops cutting himself or stubbing his toe or, you know what I mean? But He's doing a show on ESPN, bro. I think, yeah, I think he's, he's more done. comfortable in the suit than he is in the, in the shorts. So, and that's not a pun. So, yeah. I, I mean, Marlon Rice, I've been saying it for a while, you know, since his World Series of Fighting days. He's the guy to, you know, keep that eye on. And I really think that 
he's going to be in that pound for pound rankings in the top five someday. Yeah, one hundred percent. Last time it's gonna be soon. I thought that Jimmy Rivera. I thought that uh, he got lucky. You know, I thought that uh, it was a lucky oh, well, one shot. And uh, I, I, was, I was yeah. But this time, uh, he, uh, I was I had twenty yards away from those two when that fight happened, Waleed. And when I yeah. tell you that it sounded like somebody cracked a home run with a Louisville slugger, I'm fucking. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, it sent chills down my spine. Like not just yeah. the fact that like. Look at how many fights that that uh, Rivera was unbeaten for until Marais did that. I don't think luck had anything to do with it. I think it was skill and just a precise yeah. fucking kick. And yeah, you're yeah, talking, that just shows yeah, how Marlon Marais is. I mean, he has consistently gone out there, yeah. and he has taken out contender after contender after contender in the years he's been in weight division. Exactly, yeah. and... Like, I, 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 I believe it, it doesn't need to take the Dominic Cruz fight. Like, uh, what's, if, if he, what if he loses against Dominic? He's go back down to the, the, the ranking and he has to fight his way back. Like, he doesn't have to take the, the Dominic Cruz. I believe he has to wait for the TJ fight, train his ass off. I think that's the fight that makes sense. Or whatever. Okay, since his UFC debut, John which was against half of our son's hours, yeah. no. Yeah, it's his only time he's lost. He's taking so like out Ben Johnson, was saying, he's Sterling, taking out Johnson, Sterling, Rivera, and now a Sun Sal. And three of those oh. out of those four wins have all been performance of the night. All right. And yeah. the finishes. And he's two of them KOs, dirty KOs. Exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, you look at what and he did one in World of them was on of a fighting, month's notice. Look what he did in World Series of Fighting. He went in there and just shit all over people. Fucking. Yeah, uh, TKO, one, KO, KO, yeah, TKO, like, submission, submission. Yeah. I mean, KO, it KO. Have, it doesn't have to fight Dominic. It doesn't have to fight Dominic Cruz. No, he's, he can sit back and wait. Dude, go yeah. back and watch, it's like, watch his losses in Shudo. Like, if you guys are, if you guys follow him back that far. Because, uh, you know, I, I saw him when he fought in WSOF and just kind of like, all right, I got to find everything out about this guy that I can. And, like, you go back to his losses yeah. in Shudo and see how much he's transformed and, like, his movement and, and, like, the way he moves his head, his footwork, as Randall's kind of moving his head now on the camera. It, you just you see this evolution. You look at the guy now and he's just much he got tighter boxing. And, yeah, look at you with your fluid movement. Yeah, it's just <laughs> he's transformed into such an amazing fighter. And I, he's the next guy in line, and he's going to win. He's got that title. It might as well already be around his, on his waist. Yeah, but oh, do you believe he's going to fight next, or it's, it's Henry who's going to fight like uh, TJ in the bantamweight division? I feel TJ really wants that rematch. And I feel like the yeah. only way TJ deserves that rematch is if he puts his title on the line. Well, yeah, you just you went down and lost. You can't, you can't have it any other way. No. Yeah, but if Henry move, move up and fight TJ, does it mean that we don't have the flyweight division any, anymore? Like, and he, no, uh, I mean, the flyweight in the division, and the, uh, it's weird. Well, the, a lot of people are saying like it's it's kind of looking like it's going to turn into the last man standing. You lose, goodbye. Mm. You, you win, you can either move up or fight, and have the risk of being cut. That's what it's starting to look like. Yeah. So. One of the fights that I'm really interested in, though, uh, main event-wise, that I wanted to talk to you about was uh, Till versus Masvidal. 
Oh, yes, London. <clears throat> March 16th, man, from the O2 Arena. That's my son's birthday. My oh, son's birthday great. is the day after the uh, Thompson Pettis fight, which is another really Oof. interesting fight. That one's in Nashville. Uh, what are your thoughts on those two fights? Mavida uh, uh, was uh, supposed to fight uh, Nick Diaz at some point, uh, at some point uh, this year, no? Yeah, yes, that but, fell apart. but Nick couldn't come to an agreement. The UFC and Nick could not come to an agreement. Yeah, like from guys talking about coming back, coming from the streets, and uh, like uh, they, 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 they talk like uh, fucking uh, I don't know, like fucking lawyers. I don't know, Nate and his brother. Like uh, this is crazy. Just fight. Stop talking. Yeah. Just fight. Just fight. Exactly. Oh, just, just fight. Stop talking. You gotta get paid. Just fight. We are draw, we are big draw, we're gonna bring a lot of money. Everybody's gonna watch everybody yeah, you're, them. you're gonna get fucking paid. Stop bitching over the amount. Like yeah. find somebody to sell you piece for cheaper. If you're having that much of a financial time, dude, stop find somebody to cut you better yeah. deals on your on your bud, like at that point. But Bro, borrow some money from your fucking brother. Yeah, Till versus yeah. Masvidal though, can you make a prediction for us? So they're gonna fight in uh, in the O2 arena. I believe Darren Till have ch his chances. I believe Darren Till gonna win. You know? I believe it's one of those situations like you alluded to earlier, Valid. If it goes to a decision, there's no way in hell Darren Till loses. Yeah. Unless he gets yeah. fucking, unless Masvidal mops the floor with him, and there's no way they can fucking, you know what I mean? Unless there's, there's absolutely no Michael way. Michael Bisbing versus, versus Dan Henderson. Well, even look at the Matt Hamill fight. Matt Hamill. The best thing fight. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, Thompson Pettis, though. You know, that's going to be a really interesting card. Uh, I'm interested uh, to see how Pettis is at welterweight. I know. he. Yeah. Well, he, you got to look at this. You know, he was cutting weight at 55. He was great. He cut more down to 45. He looked like shit. So it seems he less. the number eight lightweight in the world. That's what I mean. He looks great at lightweight. He's coming back, but like, do you think if he's cutting even less weight at welterweight, he's going to be better? Is it going to have that like that DC effect where you move up and you just gain so much? Are power? we going to be able to notice? Because he's fighting a really fucking dangerous. Well, that's guy. what I mean. It's like it's like even Wonderboy Thompson is no slouch. Versus, yeah, it's two amazing strikers, and that's what makes this interest a very interesting matchup. Same with the size. next main event that we're going to talk about. But who do you pick in this fight? I don't know. Thompson had the advantage of already. He's, he's established in the, the, in the welterweight division. We all know what he brings to the table. Great striker. Even maybe the best striker ever. But uh, Showtime have the jiu-jitsu. Mm, I, I don't know. I, I, I will go with the Wonder Boy. I, I think Wonderboy is going to be too big for him, and if, if yeah. Pettis is going to get it done, he's yeah, going to do that, it via that's finish. What I, that's what I believe. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to give it to Wonderboy via finish. Uh, first round, or uh, yeah. third round knockout, excuse oh, me. Yeah. I'll make my prediction once we get a little closer to that date. Uh, I want to see how Pettis... I want to see how Pettis yeah. bulks up to that. Well, yeah, I got to, you know, these are just bullshit picks now. I'm going to wait until we get closer. I haven't even looked at training videos yet. Um, as far as another main event, though, that's coming up this year that's really interesting, it's going to be the one for Philadelphia, Barboza versus Gagey. How pissed is Daddy Alvarez? Not really. Bro, I mean, besides the fact that he got paid bank from one, he's been trying to get the UFC to go to Philly forever. Yeah. 
and they never did it. That's a great card. You have uh, the core main event will be Carolina against uh, Michelle Watson. I love this yes. fight. I love Carolina. Uh, there's Alexa Grasso. There's Paul Craig. Great, great card, man. Uh, but uh, yeah, Barbosa versus Gigi. You can't make a pick. It's a brawl. Everything can happen. Exactly. It's going to be a crazy fight. I, my, yeah. my pick on that is going to be it's not going to decision. Uh, but we're going to have to get ready to wrap it up here soon. So, we'll lead. I just want to take the time, man, and to give you uh, an opportunity. Give all of our fighters this opportunity. I want to give it to you to give shout-outs to, you know, family members or friends who may listen to this. Uh, Shout-out to, to, my, to my mother, my, my father, my sister, Shane, my girlfriend, uh, Camila, my, my friends uh, back in Algeria, and my friends here in France. Uh, that's it, brother. And thank you, guys. Shout-out to Ben and this show and the record. Hey, Amazing podcast. You have to listen to it. it uh, if you are listening to it, that means you are already listening to it, but you have to listen to it. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on, dude. Seriously, getting yeah. up at 4 a.m. That's yeah, fucking dedication, bro. Seriously, thank you. And you know, we'll look forward to bringing you on more frequently because, yeah, as I always say, this is as much everybody else's show as it is ours. And as long as you've got a good topic, you're welcome here. So, Waleed, man, thank, oh, thank you, you so much for taking the time to join thank us. You. And uh, we're going to get a word from our sponsors, guys, and we'll be right back. What's going on? This is Damon from Tell the Monster, and you're listening to Ben and Randall on MMA Wreckage Radio. I also want to let you know you can find all of our music streaming now on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else music lives. Be sure to like us on Facebook at Tell the Monster. You have been awoken. All right, now this weekend we have a huge UFC event coming up. It's the first pay-per-view of the year, UFC 234 Whitaker vs. Gastelum. That is live in Melbourne, Australia. There's a, a lot of Australian and New Zealand talent on this card from top to bottom. I mean, obviously, the title fight is huge for Robert Whitaker. He gets to finally defend that title at his home surf. But um, let's start a little bit at the lower, the undercard. Uh, Lando Venata is going to be fighting Marcos Mariana. I mean, I'm super excited for that fight there. Every time Lando Venata fights, you know it's going to be something exciting. Well, I mean, they call him groovy for a reason. and He gets in there, and he just kind of gets in his groove. And I'm really excited to see him come back, and we'll... Get him back in that win column again, I'm sure. Uh, you know, he's he's spoke about working very hard in this camp, and, uh, you know, that majority draw he had his last time out is kind of sitting uneasy with him. Uh, so he wants to go back in there and really put himself in that, uh, that win column in impressive fashion. I mean, his last win was that uh, beautiful spinning back kick that he set up off a leg kick, I think it was, a la Barboza style, you know, fucking threw that leg kick, set it up off that, and fucking put John McDessie out. Uh, Yeah, Groovy, I mean, yeah, he's a hell of a fighter, and like I said, he always brings it. It's just one of those exciting fights for him. I think Marcus Mariana is definitely going to bring the fight to Lando. Uh, It's going to be an exciting fight. It's one of those that could definitely steal a fight of the night. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, like I said, Lando goes out there, he's... I believe in his. Uh, he's got two perfor- uh, three uh, bonus awards or four of them. I believe in his five UFC or six UFC appearances or whatever it is. Excuse me. I believe he's at like four or five. Four, 
four out of six UFC appearances, he has earned fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, and then uh, it's insane. Kai Kira France is fighting on this undercard too, and he trains with uh, Israel Adesanya and Dan Hardy and all those guys. I mean, there's just some killers out there in New Zealand right now. Oh yeah, I mean, there's just it, you look at any there's any country really, and you can pick out killers from any set. But the fight that I'm really looking forward to, we're gonna have to jump up to the main card. We'll talk about that once we get there. Yeah, no, no, I mean, the undercard has a lot of names that you might not jump off the bat at you, but I mean, it was the same thing last year when we came into this event, and there was one Israel Adesanya who was on that card, and no one knew who he was, and now he's lit in the world on fire. So if you guys are looking at this undercard and thinking, wow, it's kind of a lackluster card, don't, because there's a lot of unseen talent in the Australia-New England region that we don't even know about. And these guys are going to put on a hell of a show for you on Saturday night. So, like uh, Ben was sitting here saying, though, the main card, the main card's got five great fights on here. And I know uh, this first fight of the night, Jim Cute versus Sam Alvey, I know you have a close eye on, Ben. Oh, Sam Alvey. Man, I love you. Good luck out there. You're sporting that, you know, rocking that facial hair. He's doing something different. If you guys saw his video, he's down there. He's loving this time in Melbourne. And. When Sam Alvey hits fight week, he becomes even happier than he is, and it's really it's amazing to see him out there during fight week. I uh, got the chance to run him during the fight week for UFC Utica, and he's just an all-around pleasant person, and he's looking to go in there and get the job done, knock this guy out, so I'm really excited for that fight. But the fight I was actually talking about was uh, Hani Aya versus Ricky Simon. Oh, no, yeah, I'm super excited for that Ronnie Yaya fight. Now, listen, like, a lot of people are only saying there's only big names in the first two cards, or first two fights on the card. If you don't know who Ronnie Yaya is and you're a fight fan, you need to completely just fuck yourself over because Ronnie Yaya has... been in the UFC since 2011, yes. okay? And if you take his WBC, people. he's been in since 2007, all right? And then like, Ricky he started Simon. his career, his professional career, in 2002, all right, yes. just choking motherfuckers out and breaking limbs. Okay, Look yeah, at he's so good with his jujitsu. His jujitsu is just top notch, and that's the thing that I think Ricky Simon is really going to be tested on. Is if he does get to the ground and he gets in that grappling attempt, is he going to be able to swim in those deep waters with somebody like Ronnie Yaya? Oh yeah, and I just don't know if he has those. Uh, you know, fucking killer Muay Thai. You know, 36 fights, he's got 26 wins, you know, 20 of them being by his submission. <laughs> I mean, fucking come on. You do not want to go to the ground with this guy. Yeah, no, definitely. And the fight before that, Montana De La Rosa is fighting Nadia Kazim. Montana De La Rosa is, uh, she's training like a workhorse. Her and her old man, they're actually, it's one of the fighting couples that are actually in the U.S. He has a husband and wife, and they're nonstop going at it and training, uh, they were actually training with Jimmy Hendrix while he was getting ready for his bare-knuckle fighting debut, but well, the whole bare-knuckle fighting promotion was a fucking joke, so they decided to X that fight. But uh, Montana De La Rosa is someone that you should definitely look out for in that 125-pound division. Um, I'm not too familiar with her opponent, Nadia Kassim, but again, you know what I mean? There's a reason why these guys are in the UFC. There's a reason, or sorry, in these six, the ladies, there's a reason why these ladies are in the UFC. And uh, hopefully she's going to put on a hell of a performance and uh, 
after Saturday, we won't be so, asking who Nadia Kassim is. Just to give you a little background on Nadia, she's uh, have has one fight prior in the UFC. That was when they were in Sydney uh, at the end of 2017, where she earned her decision over Alex Chambers. Other than that fight, she was on a four-fight uh, four finish streak. How's that for proper English for you guys? Just knocking and girls cha- out. Chambers is not uh, a right. she's, she's She's no easy go out. So, we... This girl is a fucking beast, essentially. And I think we're going to see her come out on top of this fight via another one of those disgusting knockouts. Like I said, when she, this decision that she went to with Alex Chambers, other than that, her longest fight was a, just under a minute and a half. All right. Other than that, she's got knockout 26 seconds, 10 seconds, 19 seconds, a minute and a, uh, 27 seconds. Across uh, flyweight. Definitely going to be one that's... One that I'm looking forward to, for sure. Uh, but I think the most polarizing person on this card, outside of the middleweight champion of the world, is one young Israel Adesanya. And the last style bender is going to be taking on the legend. Uh, the original style bender, right? Like, you know what well, I mean? yeah. I mean, he was the first style bender. Now we're on the last style bender. But, I mean, Anderson Silva is, is the middleweight division in the UFC. I mean... Before he lost to Weidman, I mean, nobody was touching him. No one was even coming close. He was having fun with people in there. He was playing with them. And now you have this evolution of this Muay Thai phenom coming into MMA in Israel Adesanya, and he's looked just like Anderson. Israel toyed with Derek Brunson. Other than pride, I mean, you know, uh, I think it was uh, Takashi and... uh, uh, help me out here. Who's the other guy that beat Anderson Silva in Pride? Oh, oh I'm not a Pride guy. Well, then fuck you. Anyway, <laughs> but, you know, there's two guys that hurt him in Pride, and other than that, you get Yushin Okami winning by DQ and fucking... Other, like you said, he was untouchable. And then Weidman got him. Yeah. He went on a five-fight skid, including one no contest, which was originally a win. So if you want to call it a skid, I'm personally going to, you know, looking at the record now, that's how we'll classify that. But you know, he comes back and he puts on a what could have been given either way. Some people said they saw Derek Brunson winning that fight. I personally saw Anderson Silva win that fight uh, via decision. But can we see Anderson Silva return to who he was, you know, when we were watching him ruin people? The, the first pay-per-view that I actually paid for uh out of my own pocket was eight years ago today on this recording date when Anderson Silva beat Vitor Belfort. That was yes. me becoming the a big boy as a, yeah, you know, as an MMA fan paying for my own first pay-per-view. That was it guys, you know, and that's the Anderson Silva I'd like to see back in the octagon, but against somebody, the only problem he's, he's standing across he's from facing, a mirror. He, yeah. He's facing he's himself in 2006. Israel is Anderson Silva. 2006. Crack. He's Anderson Silva 2006 when he was beating the fuck out of guys like Chris Lieber and Rick now, Franklin and fucking Nate Marquardt. You sit here or, and, that was you think Marquardt about fight, excuse me. You sit here and you think about the amazing strikers in the UFC and you got the John Jones and you got the Stephen Wonderboy Thompsons and you got all these great strikers but Israel Adesanya makes all these guys look novice. He's on a completely different level. When he just breaks fights down in his head while he's going through it, you can tell that he's watching the fight just like we're watching the fight, and he's also in the fight. 
Well, I mean, now I don't. I don't think a whole lot of people understand it's that. It's a like, kickboxing experience, and a lot of people don't realize. You know, look at that kickboxing experience. It, I'm really interested to see if this fight's going to go to the ground. And what a lot of people don't take into consideration is that he is actually a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Israel. Yeah, you don't think that he is fucking working on his jiu-jitsu and his wrestling day in, day out. Israel Adesanya came here to win the middleweight title. He's not coming here to be a gatekeeper. He's not coming here just to play around. He wants to be a champion. So he already knows that his striking is better than everybody else in the middleweight division. What the fuck do you think the guy's working on? He's not working on his striking more. It's his jiu-jitsu. It's his wrestling that he's working on. That's why you've seen Derek Brunson not be able to score and keep a, touch, a takedown on him. I mean, he had to pull Israel Adesanya's shorts just to get him close to Brunson to even attempt to take down a couple times. I mean, Adesanya is working on his takedown. If you can't take Israel Adesanya down, you're fucked. Well, and that's what I mean with that blue belt. You know, there's a lot of high-level guys that only have a blue belt. I mean, if you look at Bob Busky and his grappling, he just got a second strike, uh, stripe, excuse me, on his uh, blue belt, I believe. So there's a lot of guys Bob that Busky's have high-level. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that have high-level jujitsu for only having that blue belt, and I say only, but you know, it's a huge accomplishment. It really is, and, and I really want to see that come into play more. He doesn't have any submissions to those uh, those 15 wins. He, he hasn't had to go to the ground, exactly. though. Exactly. I want to see that's that. That's the thing. I want to see if he's as good on the ground as he is on his feet. And well, I that's the thing. Like he, He's got this mentality like, take me down. Let's do it. But when I get back up, I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah, who can take him down? He doesn't hope and down. pray. He aims and fires. And Simple as that. Can you make a prediction on this fight, Randall? Israel Adesanya, first round knockout. You think so? Yes. I think you're going to see a highlight knockout just like Derek Brunson. Now, what do you and think? And I this... feel like he takes Anderson Silva and takes him back to the shed. And, uh, Anderson Silva is ranked at number mouth. 15 right now in that division. Israel Adesanya put it number 6 in the world. What does this fight really do for Adesanya other than put somebody with that name on his resume? It does absolutely nothing for him, uh, win or loss. I mean, really, because, I mean, if you lose, you lost Anderson Silva, bro. But if you win, it doesn't really do anything for you because it's an old Anderson Silva. This fight was something that Israel Adesanya wanted to do more for personal reasons. He wanted to fight Anderson Silva. He's always wanted to stand across from the octagon with Anderson Silva. And on Saturday, he's going to get that opportunity to finally, his boyhood dream is going to come true. You know what I mean? So it's going to be a great experience for israel to stand across from somebody who he feels is not his equal but maybe one or two steps behind him when it comes to striking oh i like i said i think it's going to be a very interesting fight no matter what but i want to see it go to the ground um i gotta say i do see israel adesanya coming out on top but whether or not it's a finish i i don't know we'll see what do you think Let's, let's get an official prediction right now. Ben Fields, MMA Records Radio, who wins this fight and how do they win? Israel Adesanya, decision 30-27. Nice, nice. So, we're going to go on to the main event now. And Robert Whitaker will be defending his middleweight title on home soil against a proven veteran contender. Calvin Gastelum. See, now, 
Kelvin Gastelum was kind of like a, a silent killer on his season of the Ultimate Fighter, if you want my opinion. Um, well, yeah, he was know, overshadowed by Jesse Uriah Hall. Jesse Taylor was fucking, uh, or am I thinking of the same season? Was he on? Yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was with Uriah, Uriah Hall. Hall. I'm going back way too many seasons there. Yeah, Jesus Jesse Christ. Taylor. <laughs> I'm going back to the first Jesse Taylor season. Wow. Oh, Christ. No, yeah, Uriah Hall was the guy that was really just going out there, putting people into seizures with his knockouts and just uh, running through competition on the Ultimate Fighter. And uh, when he got into the big stage, you know, you could say that his nerves are the reason that he lost that fight. But I think it came down to the fact that Kelvin Gastelum was just the better fighter. He went on to beat a bunch of guys until he met Tyron Woodley. who oh, His wrestling was just too, way too good for him. And that was a close fight with Tyron. Yeah, it was a split decision. You know, it Nate Marshmore. And I think Tyron lost that fight, if you ask me. Well, that's a you know, debatable topic that we can get into. You know, Kelvin actually missed weight in that fight. You, you go figure. He came in at 180 pounds. One of his biggest, uh, I think that was his biggest uh, miss in history for his career, for his career, not in UFC history, because there's been plenty more than that missed. Uh, but his most recent went over uh, Ronaldo yeah. Souza. To me, it was what really said, okay, this guy is ready for that title shot. I mean, two fights ago, he's getting submitted by Chris Weidman and what was a really good fight. Um, you know, that fucking uh, Vitor Belfort, no contest. He smoked a little weed, getting in trouble. He beat Vitor, let's he be did. serious. He knocked, him out. That he knocked him out. <laughs> there was no, he knocked him out. No, he, he did. He, he knocked him out. Yeah, but he, just, he smoked a little weed. He beat Tim Kennedy. And that was a fucking interesting fight because Tim that Kennedy was That was a very interesting him. fight. He was Bro, I fucking ran into Tim Kennedy on my lunch break the other day. Yeah, well, I was just fucking just getting tacos. Kennedy, yeah. <laughs> and I looked over and there's Tim Kennedy. I was like, holy fucking shit, bro, you know who you are? <laughs> yeah, you know who you are? I think so. Uh, when I woke up this morning, my ID said Tim Kennedy, but... <laughs> But yeah, no, Gaslam is, he's one of those guys where, like, I always talk about fight at your natural weight class, and I really feel like that's something that fighters should definitely do, and that you could show with the power that they bring to their natural weight class. Calvin Gaslam is a perfect example for that. Not that he wasn't a bad fighter or welterweight, but he was having a hard time making the well, weight. same with Robert now, Exactly, Robert Whitaker, but he was a uh, he was okay at welterweight. Well, I mean, look at he. Just, I feel like he's way better at middleweight. His last loss was just about five years ago, and he's gone. And, Wonderboy, and right? Yeah, Wonderboy, and he's been shitting on people ever since. So, like, yes, you know what I mean. The Romero like, fights, you take them as you want. Um, it's however you really want to call that. Uh, those were hell of fights, bro. Those were such good fights. And I feel like Robert Whitaker learned so much from those fucking wars. It, that's what exactly what it was. It was a fucking... Those two completely amazing fucking five-round wars. And I feel like he's a lot of people don't cage. really give him the respect. I mean, yeah, he's the champion, but he's one of the most underrated champions, if you want my It's opinion. just the way... It, you know a what lot that people, is, bro. No, it's it, because he didn't beat Bisming. He didn't fight GSP for the belt. It's the way that he obtain the title they don't think about the fact that he's went 50 fucking minutes with Yoel Romero they just put on the fact that oh well he never beat GSP or he never beat Bisbing well let's be fucking serious had he not got injured against Yoel the first time he would have fought Bisbing and if 
GSP would have stepped the fuck up and fought him, he would have taken that fight too. So it, it's not Robert Whitaker's fault that these fights aren't coming along. It's just shit happens in this world of MMA. And you know, like I know, anything can happen in this game. Well, that's the thing. is It's the best sport in the world for that reason. Like, when I introduce people to this sport, I sit down and I tell them that this is the best sport in the fucking world for the reason that when you watch a football game and it's a blowout or you watch, you know, a basketball game and somebody's it's a fucking blowout like that, you know how that game is going to end. But this, you can watch somebody get their ass kicked for 14 and a half out of these 15 minutes of the fight, like Derek Lewis versus uh, Volkov. And and watch somebody come back at the end, and it's a completely different fight. And I'm just going to put into no, perspective definitely. for you guys. The last time that Robert Whitaker lost a fight, Ronda Rousey was defending her title against Sarah McMahon in the main event. DC <laughs> fought Pat Cummins and had not realized UFC gold yet. And Rory McDonald... first light heavyweight fight. Yeah, Rory McDonald was fighting Damian Maya on that card. All right. It's the last Tafel time. Sunsau, Aljamain Sterling were also uh, honorable mentions in that, and they were on the undercard. So just to kind of give you, like the how this uh, how far the sport has come since he was beaten last. It's kind of look at just the evolutions of Robert Whitaker too. I mean, his striking game is phenomenal. I mean, and his ground game is even better. Uh, the one thing that is going to be to me is. It, Calvin Gastelum has a great wrestling base. If Calvin Gastelum can keep Robert Whitaker on the ground and ground and pound him, I think Robert Whitaker is going to be in for a long night. But you've seen Yoel Romero couldn't do that. So Robert Whitaker being on his back for most of the night with Calvin Gastelum on top of him is kind of something that's far-fetched in my opinion. But I think Robert Whitaker... things, though. No, definitely, definitely. But I think Robert Whitaker winning a striking battle against Calvin Gastelum... Is the more likely scenario. Oh, yeah. Yes. I can but, see that like, it, like, it's MMA, and you know Calvin Gaslin has that one-punch power. He will put your fucking lights out. And well, he's one of those time, guys you... I mean, Robert Whitaker's got a fucking chin. Yeah. And he's also has some uh, knockouts and TKOs to his credit as well. Out of his uh, 20 professional wins, he's got nine knockouts and five submissions. So I think the one thing that kind of fucking separates these guys, and it's going to kind of sound dickish to Gasolum, is Robert Whitaker's heart and his determination not to give up. You have to understand, this guy fought fucking Romero for 20 minutes on one leg. He fought him for another fucking, I believe it was 15 minutes, with one hand, because he broke his hand in the second round of the second fight. So, he's gone against fucking murderers. And never wanted to give up. We've seen fucking people quit for a hell of a lot less. And this is one guy who you're not going to get quit. You're going to have to knock him the fuck out. Or you're going to have to choke him out. And can Calvin Gastelum do that on Saturday night and become the new middleweight champion of the world? I mean, yeah, he's, he's had one decision lost by a uh, unanimous decision before coming to the UFC and starting to perfect his craft. And other than that, his only other decision loss was to Court McGee under a split decision. Um, so, you know, you, you, like you said, you kind of got to go out there and really take him out if you're going to do it. Either submit him or knock him out, which has only happened, you know, one time apiece. Both, you know, once by Stephen Thompson, like we mentioned earlier. almost. But Wonderboy is a fantastic striker. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the best in, the, in his division. But, 
at the end of the day, you know, we can sit here. And One of the best this. in the UFC. Oh yeah, and we can, you know, we can sit down and break this down for the rest of the night if we want to. But at the end of the day, we've got predictions to make here. Who do you see walking out with that title? I believe on his home soil, Robert Whitaker gets the unanimous decision victory over Calvin Gastelum. I, I agree with you. Uh, I'm actually going to say he's probably going to finish him. I see him Which taking round? him. It's going to be a late, uh, late fourth, uh, nowhere past the middle of the fifth round. He's just going to break him down and, and tire him out. I don't think uh, Calvin really wants to do those full five rounds. Um, how many times has he gone the full five? I think once, and he lost once or twice. He's gone five. He's only been scheduled. Uh, I'm He's not too sure. What, five, he fought Weidman in five. He fought Bisbing and supposed to be five. He fought Magni. Uh, Magni in five. He fought Belfort, Weidman, and Bisping in five-round fights. So he's been scheduled four times and only gone the full five one time, and he lost. All right. Other than that, you know, losing to Weidman or decisions. I don't know if he has what it takes to go a full five with somebody like Robert Whitaker. Who's going to be there and have that constant pressure on him. Exactly. And uh, I think we're going to see Robert Whitaker finish him. He's going to tire him out, break him down, and finish him. So, what I'm wondering here is if Israel Adesanya has an amazing, spectacular knockout, do you see him getting the next shot at Whitaker, or does he need to have one more win in that top five to get a title shot? Well, that's kind of that's what I mean. Like they were telling Anderson Silva, "You win this fight, you have that title shot." And I mean, that was kind of like the you know, all right, if I'm going to take this fight, then I that's how it's going to be. What I want to see happen is I want to see, well, if Israel can win this fight, let's say he does, they've still got. Paulo Costa versus Yo Romero, they've got a set of date for. I want to see whoever wins that. And then do Adesanya versus the winner of Romero Costa and have them take Whitaker. There is a chance we yeah, see Yeah, but I feel like fuck, I would not but... want to waste that. I wouldn't want to waste the opportunity to do Paulo Costa versus Israel Adesanya for the middleweight title. Yeah, but. I mean, what other options would they have at that point? You can't. These guys are both okay. on fast tracks to the title. I think, I think you do. Is there going to be another Australia card this year? Oh, I'm sure there's going to be at least two more. If they did another Australia pay per view this year, or even a New Zealand pay per view, what about Robert Whitaker versus Israel Adesanya? Oh, that'd be the think way about go. the fucking traction that would bring to that area. I think with those two are fighting for the title, you have to have it somewhere in New Zealand, Australia. I think that would just be fucking amazing. So, hey, let me ask you this. If yeah. Whitaker loses this fight, does he get an automatic rematch? I say no. How does he lose? doesn't matter. Just if he loses... If he gets schooled, I don't think he deserves a rematch. I think if he's winning the fight and gets knocked out, yeah, you should get a rematch. 
I think regardless, you hold, you, you do away with that that foolish idea that the, the immediate rematch. And I because yeah, this isn't much, the fucking WWE, WWE goddamn it. Yeah, exactly. And, and from what I've heard, even they're doing away with that. Um, but I think it's just too stacked of a division. Um, too many guys that are are working towards that. Like you said, uh, the guys we've mentioned, Adesanya, Costa. Uh, you know, we've got guys in this division that are really starting to go places in their career. And, Listen, and, and, unless you have a fucking run, unless you have a fucking title defense run, a la Anderson Silva, Mighty Mouse, um, Stipe had a nice run yeah, going. Guys like if Tyler you have a run Woodley, like that, guys like you should get a rematch. Get their immediate rematch. You know what I mean? He's been fucking destroying guys. If he wants an immediate rematch when he fucking loses that belt, he gets it. You know what I mean? If he loses to Usman. Usman. If he loses, we'll break when that down When he later. loses to Usman. We'll, we'll talk about that and have our, our argument over that on another segment. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like we said, we've got a great card. You know, Melbourne, you guys got a treat. I'm really excited. Unfortunately, I don't give enough of a shit to want to watch this one. I'm going to be at Cage Wars enjoying that instead. So you guys enjoy this pay-per-view. I will catch it Sunday when I get home from Cage Wars. But man, I'm going to be having the split screen in the living room. I'm going to have Cage Wars 40 live from Schenectady, New York, and UFC 234 live from Melbourne, Australia. Man, I'm telling you, Cage Wars is going to be the way to go. But it's going to be a hell of a night for fighting there in New York. Oh, my God. At the Rivers it. Casino Resort and Event Center. And sold out! Today, sold out! It is officially sold the fuck out. Oh, Cage Wars 40. If you didn't buy your tickets, you're not going to see Ben's ugly mug. You're going to have to watch it on pay-per-view with me. Yeah. And for the, you guys that did, <laughs> joke's on you. Now you got a mug to put to the face. <laughs> see you in your nightmares. You guys, on a real note, though, we're really looking forward to seeing some of you guys out there. And by we, I mean me and the guys I'm going to have with me. Um, you know, the after party is going to be a lot of fun. And really, guys, I look forward to meeting some of you guys out there. Uh, I know I've gotten uh, a hold of a couple of people, and I've had a couple of people reach out. We're going to have a couple of beers at that after party and whatnot. But I heard you're going to buy Daddy Panda a beer. Oh, yeah, dude. Papa Busky. Yeah, I got, I got some beers. I like him. Daddy Panda better. Yeah, <laughs> Papa Panda. Either way, man, we've got a hell of a fucking a card this weekend, and I'm really looking forward to it. Hell yeah, no, I'm super excited. Cage Wars 40, man. I know we've been hyping this card up like crazy, but I mean, fuck, it's such an amazing card up and down. I mean, it's a night of champions. Most of not, almost every single Cage Wars title is on the line. I mean, you got the flyweight title, the middleweight title, the welterweight title, the goddamn lightweight title, the featherweight title, light so heavyweight title, and the on. U.S. MTA super heavyweight title. So Woo! much is going on, but I'm fucking excited, bro. Yeah, well, once again, you know, amazing cards all the way around, whether it's UFC or Cage Wars, but my money's with Cage Wars. No, definitely. I mean, if you want bang for your buck, Cage Wars 40 is definitely the way to go. Yeah, well, I mean, for 15 I believe bucks, it's, what, 14 dollars 14. Something like that, pay-per-view? yeah. Pay-per-view? 
Yeah, I mean, if you guys can't throw fifteen ninety nine for a great night of fights, I don't know what you're doing as a fight fan. I mean, it, it's going to be an amazing night of fights, like we've been saying all along. It's finally here. Saturday night will be the night. Friday is going to have the weigh-ins. You're going to see Ben's Ugly Mug over there at the Rivers Resort and Casino. It's going to be fucking amazing. Oh, I can't wait. Well, real quick, guys, we're going to throw a word to our sponsors, and we will be right back. This is John Hackleman, a.k.a. Pitmaster, and you are listening to MMA Records Radio. All right, guys, at this time, I have for you the Jits Panda, Bob Buskey, days before his Cage Wars 40 super heavyweight title match. How you doing today, Bob? Good evening, man. How you guys doing? Man, I'm fucking excited. Oh, my God. So tickets are sold out, man. And uh, if you want my personal opinion, I think uh, the hype that you and Travis have given to this fight uh, is part, you know, has a part in that. Can you agree with me on definitely, that? Definitely has a part in it. I mean, I don't want to take all the credit. I mean, the people on the card, the Duro brothers out of Mount Vernon, I love them. They're, they put on a show. I love how they talk shit. Real good friends of mine in the fight community. I mean, I really appreciate them. Well, yeah, and Mike Duro, you don't the deserve event. it. Even though you don't deserve it, I think Shooter gets a little bit of hype. Everyone falls for his little fake shenanigans that he's a good fighter. <laughs> now, talk to us about, um, there's been a lot of talk now, especially about this grappling match, and a lot of people are, you know, bringing it up now, and I knew they were going to before. Yeah, he even fight. posted a video on the internet, correct? I, you I posted it first. I posted it first because I ain't scared of what happened. That was a long time ago, buddy. I believe it's the second video you posted uh, for fans out there. Kyle Glashine is in the background whooping some ass, I believe, <laughs> and you guys will see him fight Derek Ellis Saturday. Same thing. We were both going to be in that cage at one point. We were both bringing home the double gold. Now, talk to us a little bit about, you know, how it is working in your gym. It's obviously, it's on the list of up-and-coming New York State gyms, to, you know, to watch the guys out of, and it's that for a reason. Now, talk to us what it's uh, been like to train at such a good facility leading into this fight. Like I emphasize so many times in all my interviews, because I feel the same way, we're a family. It's more than a gym. I feel like these other gyms don't give all, their all to every one of their students. And my professors do more than that. My professor will call me a day, talk to him just about sort of life stuff. If I'm not feeling right in the head, if uh, I'm just having a rough day, he's going to know about it. Checks on me. And it's that family atmosphere that helps you get through these kind of camps. Now, uh, you going with this fight with Travis. I know there's a lot of animosity between the two of you. Are you going to be able to hone that animosity and be able to fully take him out? It's my job to do. What I do is what I for it. You can think I feel some type of way. I don't give two shits. You know what I mean? How did they all that shit can be put aside? We're cool before this fight. After it's us business, and you know what I mean. He thinks he's good. I know I'm good. So, 
So one of the things that you and I have talked about is um, what's next for you after this fight. And obviously, with the little girl on the way, we're going to take some time off, I'm sure. Um, after that, though, what are the plans? I want to sit back and relax. I want to, I've had two straight training camps in a row. And if you're a fighter, you know it takes a lot out of you. I don't do half-ass training no more, so when I go to fight, it's a full-on training camp. I'm getting punched in the face every day. I'm getting choked out. I mean, I put myself through a lot of hell. My body is fine. It's the first time I went to a fight, 100% fine. And I think after this one, I'm enjoying my baby. And I got a job I can start on instead of winning. So then when I'm ready, I'll fight who I want. I'm the big dog. If you want, if you want to go through me, it's my belt that's going to do that this Saturday. So I'll tell you when I'm ready. And like I said, another bitch on my radar though. Don't get it confused. What's that? There's another little bitch on my radar. I told you before the last fight. Who had the streamers next? I was right. I got I'm going to call him out afterwards. Big Irish. Damn lad. 8-0. I'm not scared of him. Is that maybe like uh, an end of the year bout we'll see, hopefully? If I want it. If he wants what? it. Now, now, Busky, here we are about, what, two sleeps before the night. How are you feeling? Perfect. Now I get to relax for a couple of days, eat good, smoke, drink, do whatever the fuck I want, but I don't. I'm going to still keep my mind in, but I'm like, fuck it, I go smoke a smoke. How do you see Saturday night playing out? End of the first round, Travis Reader's going to bed one way or another. And one of the things that you've prided yourself on is definitely the grappling. That's your, your jujitsu. You just earned your uh, your second stripe on your blue belt during this training camp. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what that's uh, what that work has been like for you and what it means to you to get that second stripe. Two years I've been doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I've torn my bicep. I've torn my shoulder, my labrum, my knee blew out. My ankle almost broken half. All worth it. And with such a you know a high level coach like Nels Larson, um, you know, what is and it, Alan and what and Alan Gatton. And what are some of the the best lessons they've taught you so far? It wasn't even on the mat or in the cage that their best lessons taught. They changed me as a man. I respect so they're more than just fighting coach. Yeah, I mean, it was a change for the whole self, like my whole self-esteem, how I feel, how I talk, how I handle myself has been changed completely, and it's all because of those two. So they brought out the best of Bob Besky in and out of the cage. 180%. And the question I asked Travis, and the thing I want to ask you is, do you believe that you know, adding to your family now, having your, your, this is your first baby, right? Yes, sir. Do you believe that you have already kind of transformed into a, a new fighter or 
did you believe the, after the birth of More your daughter? Focused. Yeah, is this going to be like a, a Cerrone evolution, or have we already seen that? I've, I've already changed. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of scumbag shit. I used to bark at hot chicks when they walked by me. If someone does that to my daughter, it's a different game. So, I mean, I really just took a different aspect and view on life and how I'd want someone to treat my girl. So, I mean, I'm not perfect in any way. I still do asshole shit, but I definitely changed it already. And the, uh, the, I don't know if I've told my, my story. I, I've said it a couple of times to a few different people, but my favorite, you know, I've only met you once in person, but the, the takeaway for me that night was when we were talking about the main event and that guy behind us, single, double, and, oh, you know jujitsu? No? Oh, then shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and really, it's, it's such a big part of your life. And can you explain to us uh, how that came to be? Nels Larson would not stop at bugging me. I, I did no official training. I was a fight promoter. For, um, it was a CFA. It was Coliseum Fighting Alliance, a fight show that went on for about a year and a half. And he would message me, he was like, hey, when are you stopping in? Next day, hey, are you still coming in? Next week, are you still coming in? When are you going to come try it out? He wouldn't leave me alone. Because I thought I was a pretty badass, and he showed me I wasn't real quick. And look at the monster he's created. He, he wished he never bugged me that much. He's got to regret it at some point. And who are some of the most influential training partners in this camp? Um, Ryan Clark, black belt out of the capital area, about 250 pounds. Nels Larson, just my normal teammates that are all high-level blue belts and uh, purple belts that weigh over 250 pounds. I got a teammate, Sebastian Bowman, Jarrell Wicks. Changa, I can go on all day about my teammates. My big buddy Tom, a uh, collegiate wrestler. We brought in three different collegiate wrestlers that weigh over 250 pounds. Just to get the game plan of playing out the way. Step one, kill that bullshit, move on to my shit. Now, in your opponent, Travis Streeter, what qualities do you see in him that he's going to bring to the cage that is a positive? For him against me? Yes. Laying and praying. <laughs> you said that he got a laying and praying penalty in the jiu-jitsu match, correct? Did you watch the video? I did not watch the whole thing. I did. All you have to do is watch the first three minutes. I watched it. I'm not making excuses. He got on top of me with a late trip that I couldn't defend. Because of some bullshit on my feet that if I was an excuse, I shouldn't have competed, but I'm still in it now. So he called me with a weight trip and laid on me for three minutes. He did not move. When he, he went for some bullshit, I finally gave him a back attack so he could try to get on it. And as soon as he did, I rolled over his knee, got up to my knees, and then I headed on him on his back because he's slow. And then I got on top of him. I transitioned multiple times, went for three different submissions, and I tied it up with a minute left 
and then or and then I had ten seconds left and I was down one point and I went for a bullshit arm bar and tied it up. And then when we went to OT, I was tired. I went for a bullshit butterfly sweep that I wasn't good at doing at that point. And he collapsed on me and laid there for two minutes and won the match. You brought put up six points pretty quick though to fucking tie it if I'm not mistaken, right? Six points. Eight? But well, who's counting? Uh, not me, apparently. I fucked that count up. So, one of the reasons I wanted to get you onto the show is because, one, your fucking personality. And, uh, two, I wanted to get your take on, they, uh, they released the penalties for Khabib and Connor recently. Uh, giving Khabib, uh, I believe it was a nine-month suspension with a potential six if he completes an anti-bullying. I think it was a $500,000 fine. Connor getting a six-month suspension and $50,000 fine. Mine and Connor get suspended for throwing a dolly out of the car. You know what I mean? You want to get a fine? That's bullying. You attacked one. You attacked a bus of people with thirty people. Well, the reason the bullying, I think you talk shit, you get hit. What the yeah, is well, a little bitch. What the reason that he didn't get any ramifications from the UFC or any disciplines there was because at that point in time when he showed up there, he was there as a citizen. You know, as, as, as his own person, he was not there as an entity of the UFC. They could have disciplined him, but they didn't. Uh, and that's why they can defend the fact that they didn't, because he wasn't there as Conor McGregor, UFC star. He was there as Conor McGregor, some douchebag who was mad, you know, and throwing a fit. So that's why that's they what, got away with saying... That's what at the NFL. If you're in a contract, if I'm working for a business, and then I go do something outside of it, that's making the business look bad if people know where I work. Exactly. So it should all be counted under the same. He's a, someone that people look up to, and they think that's okay to do. Acting like a pussy is not a good thing to do. See, the one thing about these whole sanctions that came down to everybody that I wanted to get your opinion on is the Nevada State Athletic Commission said that if in press conferences Conor McGregor has the same kind of verbal onslaught to another opponent that they would possibly find him. Now, how do you feel about that? Because, I mean, in my opinion, that's completely against the amendment. I like, I like to build it up. I don't, I mean, if I'm not physically touching you or throwing stuff at you, we can say what we want. Unless we don't talk about something too personal. You know what I well, mean? Well, that's where the line is. Yeah, don't talk about talk about somebody's religion and, and family members and, and friends in, in ways that, you know what I mean? It's like, I know Rich is a friend of yours, and I like him personally, but if I looked at you and I said, Rich is a, is a shitty person, blah, 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 you know what I mean? That would upset you, and I would probably get flattened like a fucking pancake on Friday when I came to no. that, you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> you be a man and go into his face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like, <laughs> on a serious note, I love you, man. From what I've talked to you, but like that's the thing is, like after so long of, of hearing that, I can understand why you'd be frustrated. But you know, I, I understand one hundred percent. I'm sure Travis Street is really tired of me telling everyone he's a bum. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't care. Oh, though. I mean, this is the fight world. It, our job is to sell that place out. I did my job. Exactly. You and Travis are going to bring the house down. Like I said, I have no hard feelings towards that kid. Well, None whatsoever. Like, People are like, are you angry? How are you feeling? I get that one the same answer. Easy money. I yep. train. Well, see, the difference... You guys ask me, how are you feeling? 
the biggest difference between the trash talk with like the Khabib Connor and with you and Travis is the most personal that we've gotten was it's blue cheese to fuck your mother or whatever it was. You know what I mean? So you guys haven't gotten personal, and that's where really those lines are crossed. And I believe if if somebody's gonna say something personal that's gonna lead to something like that, then is it such a bad idea to have some sort of disciplinary action to prevent this from happening again when it comes to you know making uh, personal no, remarks? No, I got constitutional rights. Yeah, but how, like, yeah, how are you gonna tell me what I can say and what I can't say though? I, mean, I think you do that personal conduct and. Like our own respect for other people. I mean, just being a man. Well, it comes. I'm not going to talk about. I would never say anything about Travis's mother. I would have never did that if he didn't say blue cheese or on my mom. You know what I mean? I didn't even any thought of talking about someone's mother. I'm going to talk about his sucky fighting skills. Well, that's right. I mean, like backwards. But if he wants to say something like that, then. Oh, well, we can bring in that game if you want to. I really don't get off by talking about someone's mom or their kid or their religion. That don't get me off. I'll tell you how bad of a fighter you are and how much I'm going to beat the living shit out of you, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, what am I going to say? Oh, fuck your mom? You know what I mean, bro? What the fuck does that have to do with anything that we're talking about? <laughs> exactly. So, like, exactly. that's where they should, like, I mean, we have a thing with everybody that comes on this show. There's things we don't talk about. Politics, uh, you know, we don't get into people's preferences or things like that. Religions. And I think it would follow along that same thing. Like, okay, you can you can trash talk somebody's, you know, work ethic or them as a person, you know, as, a, as an athlete, excuse me, not a person, um, you can trash talk their skills and whatnot, but you cannot get into a personal matter issue. Yeah, like once you cross that line right there, I think I that's think the biggest that. issue. Yo, all honesty, after I got off, off that meeting or the interview with you guys, I messaged Streeter. And I told him exactly what I just told you. I would have never said anything about your mom if you didn't say that to me. He told me it was a line that someone says, and I'm like, oh, I apologize. You know what I mean? See, and that's what I mean, but, like... Just keep it real. I messaged you once in a while, and I'm like, yo, how's you doing? I said, congratulations on your baby. It sucks that my kid's going to have a champion father before you are. That's the thing, is you guys can Bust keep it me. respectful. Like, you guys Get know. Them. And when we, when we see this weigh-in Friday, we know that there's not going to be an issue. And that's the, that's the thing, is like... There might be. Yeah, he's better than my kid. 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 He's Keep your boy ass out over there. You don't want this smoke. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> you little baby face shit over there. You don't want hey, this. You know what though? I had. To, I'm gonna be on camera all weekend. I had to get rid of that Amish weed farmer look. Get rid of the beard, yeah, yeah, the, the hair. So I got a fucking the Amish little young boy in fucking ghetto Post Malone on my interview right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, motherfucking Bob Busky with the fire. I love it. I absolutely love it. Hey, hey, and fuck Post Malone jogged me. He, I, he fucking took my style. Fuck Post Malone. I hear it. Why would you clean your teeth better than him? I don't give a fuck. Oh, jeez. I got braces. I fuck a grill. You got, got grill. Hey, braces. 
Oh, God. So, what are some final thoughts that you can leave with the fans heading into this fight? Don't blink. Yeah, if not, you're going to miss it. I Listen, I hope his chin got better since Marconi. Because he thinks I hit soft, so does James Seacomb. And I still have his blood on one of my t-shirts. So, Let's be known. Ain't no bitch. And one of the things I want to give you that opportunity again, man, to uh, to give those love to, uh, love to your sponsors and coaches and everybody. I appreciate it, guys. I wouldn't be able to do this without my team. First off, Teams of County, New York, 25 Mohawk Ave. All my teammates, I love you guys. I appreciate all the hard work we put in. We'll show it off on Saturday. See where these signs of apparel put out those player shirts that everyone likes. New shirts yes. coming in tomorrow. Have them done. Um, they're in the Capitol Beach. got City Hall Barbershop, Schenectady, New York. We got Lorenzo's Cafe, keep me fed, and trust me, I'm eating good. I ain't starving. And how how much are those shirts, shirts, and where can you get them? Shirts are on me. How I much? I ordered a whole bunch of extra ones, 25 bucks, a long-sleeve, dry-fit shirt, comfortable, at the place. Just holler at me on Facebook or wherever you've got to get a hold of me. And I'll have Bob one. Busky on Facebook. Bob Busky, the one and only. Yeah. And then I have a former sponsor, INI Tattoo, one of my new teammates, Chad Foster. If you right on Union Street, Santee, if you don't check out his work, you're missing out. Best tattoos in the capital region, guarantee. Detail, lines, everything. And he's a new animal that we're releasing on Jiu-Jitsu World very soon. And, um... Just a quick heads up for the fans. I'm hoping to get over there Saturday before the fights and kind of highlight the the gym that you work out of, Bob. Like I said, it's on that up-and-coming list for a reason. I kind of like it over there. We're already up there. I like it. My gym teaches jiu-jitsu. We came in third place. My gym teaches Brazilian jiu-jitsu. We came in third place in Nogi at IBJJF Spring Open last year. And then we won Naga twice. And we won uh, third place, and oh, we got first place in the in-house tournament. So we ain't up and coming. We're here. I love it, and I'm gonna show, uh, you know, kind of showcase that. Um, hopefully, I'm gonna try to get over to MVMMA as well because that's another one of those gyms that I wanted to showcase to you guys. Um, but we'll get there when we get there. Bob's shaking his head at me, guys. I, you guys know Travis is out of <laughs> MVMMA. Uh, the the CNY legend Duff Holmes over Duff there. Holmes, coach, yeah, I know he coached uh, Matt Hamill. Used to train with him, so I really do appreciate those guys. All respect to them. They are a great school if you're in that area. Yeah, Duff Holmes brothers. All three of those little motherfuckers. The good I love them all. <laughs> and Bob, man, this is the third time you've joined us. We're gonna set up a five timers club type of deal. You know, I think. Where we do something special, like a t-shirt or something for you. We'll get that figured out, man. Maybe like a nice blazer or something. Blazer? Hell yeah. Well, I got a blazer. blazer. Fuck. I need something skinny. What the fuck we're going to do with the blazer for? We'll get you a nice, like a nice uh, Wreckage Radio 5 Timers t-shirt made up. Okay, as long as there ain't no blazer or turtleneck bullshit. No turtleneck? No, man. We can't have you walking around looking like an uncircumcised pecker. You're like, come on now. I don't even have a neck for a turtleneck. <laughs> well, you yeah. can borrow some of mine. Like, all right, dude, fucking. 
How you doing? Part hostage <laughs> over here, bro. You gotta cut me some slack. Like, I uh, see. I feel bad because like a lot of these guys that I've done the interviews with, like you were one of the few people I've actually met in person with uh, so far. And like all these guys are gonna come see me and be like, oh, well, that's why we didn't do video. All right, I get it now. Yeah. You see, like, I have that Forrest <laughs> Whitaker eye thing going on, so it looks like one half of my face is indica and the other half is sativa. Uh, and for those of you guys that don't understand that, it basically looks like I did a shot of Dayquil and a shot of NyQuil. Um, so just be forewarned on that when you see me. That's not, like, uh, I'm not having a stroke. I promise. I just tell you to look at me with your good eye. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> We'll see what we can do. I thought do. you were winking at me at first. I was I like, was. I'm about to get a new date. I was. See, no. You when when you have this eye issue, you can't really wink. I, I make a weird face and I blink at people. It's more like a, you know, like, uh, type of deal. You look like a cat having a stroke. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> see, my mom always said you got that radio face. That's it. Don't get on Perfect. TV. You're going to lose them ratings. Going to lose those ratings. Man, Bob, really, <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time to come on here. Really, man, you know, I'm getting close to the fight. You're at work right now, uh, so I know this. <laughs> you know, not trying to get you fired, but you know, we're pushing uh, almost double the time limit we we asked for here. But seriously, thank you, thank you a million, man, and good luck on Saturday, yeah, guys. The Jim, I'll see you after the fights. Ben, I'll see you definitely. during the fights. Stay close, Ben. I want a better picture of me getting my hand raised next time. I will. Uh, I'll be doing the post-fight interviews, my man. So. We'll be oh back. man, you're in for a show. Oh boy. And I'll see you at the. Or I'll be. Uh, I won't be there at the weigh-ins, but my feed will be there at the weigh-ins, so I'll be able to talk to you guys. I know you'll be there in spirit. Definitely, I will be, buddy. All right, guys, ladies and gentlemen, the Jets Panda Bob Busky. Are you looking for a new MMA website to check out? Then get over to MMAWreckage.com for the latest news, analysis, videos, in-depth blogs, fighter interviews, and more. From the local shows to the UFC, MMAWreckage.com has you covered. You can find MMA Wreckage on social media, on Twitter at MMA Wreckage, or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MMA Wreckage. So stay up to date with all things MMA at MMAWreckage.com. All right, guys, and that brings us to the end of our 13th episode. A special thank you to all of our sponsors, BrokeDick.com, MMA Wreckage, Cage Wars. Guys, I'll see you out there at that event. Make sure you get a hold of me, that text line number 315-922-2384. We'll see you guys Friday night at the fights, Saturday. or uh, Friday night at the weigh-in, Saturday at the fights, excuse me, and uh, we'll be recording again next week.